Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. So, Chris, this week, our chronological Bible has us all over the place. We're in 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, Amos, Micah, Isaiah, and Hosea. And, of course, that's because they're all narratives and events that happened around the same time. We chose today Amos 9, 1 to 4, because it shows God's complete sovereignty. Now, the entire Bible shows God's complete sovereignty. But this Amos passage shows it in a way different than many of us are used to seeing it. Yes. Usually we think of the sovereignty of God as God doing all the work of salvation for his people or working all things out for the good of his people or God being the good shepherd who leads and guides his people, all things that benefit us. This passage, though, shows God's sovereignty can work the other way, too, that God can intentionally work against his people, punishing them and even physically harming them. And some people aren't used to that idea. Yeah, and some people have a lot of issue with that idea. They don't want to hear that. But these four verses in Amos show us that side of God's anger that, like we said, can take people aback or can really get people upset. And I'll read the verses. Amos 9, 1 to 4. I saw the Lord standing beside the altar. And he said, strike the capitals until the thresholds shake and shatter them on the heads of all the people. And those who are left of them, I will kill with the sword. Not one of them shall flee away. Not one of them shall escape. If they dig into Shul, from there shall my hand take them. If they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. If they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, from there I will search them out and take them. And if they hide from my sight in the bottom of the sea, there I will command the serpent and it shall bite them. And if they go into captivity before their enemies, there I will command the sword and it shall kill them. And I will fix my eyes upon them for evil and not for good. Just looking at these verses, God is giving Amos prophecy about the northern nation of Israel. So he's talking about his people here. He's getting ready to pour out his wrath on the nation of Israel. When I read these verses, I couldn't help but think of Psalm 139, which is a well-known Psalm by David. And David uses some of the same language that God gives Amos. And just read a few verses of that. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Shul, you are there. So David clearly understands that there's nowhere God isn't, that there's nowhere you can go to hide from God. And that's Amos's point as well. But David's using language to show that God has knit us together and made us in his image. God has used his absolute sovereignty to create us, sustain us, protect us, and sanctify us. In Amos, it's a different story. God's using his absolute sovereignty language to say that he doesn't just do all the things that David praises him for. He can also do things as verse four says, I will command the sword and it shall kill them. I will fix my eyes upon them for evil and not for good. Tough words. Yeah, they're very tough words to hear. In Amos, God starts off telling the Israelites that he's going to punish their enemies. And I'm sure they were all like, yes. And then he goes on to say, he's going to punish the southern nation of Judah, which at that time, the two nations were in a civil war together and they were enemies. So you can just picture the Israelites, heck yeah, do it, do it. 
But then God gets to Israel itself and his punishment on them is worse than any of the others, as we can see from these verses. God's going to use his sovereignty to bring evil on them. Not good. That's what it says. And that can be really hard to grasp, you know, that God would intentionally hurt his people. There's a few things we need to remember, though. God is creator. He can do whatever he wishes with any of his creation. Anything God does to us is no less than we deserve. That's something very, very important to keep in mind. God never hurts his people spiritually. If they belong to him, they are sealed for eternity. It's only in our earthly circumstances that he will punish his people. And a fourth thing to remember is that we need to remember the truth that we see in places like Proverbs 3, verse 5, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. I say that because sometimes what seems like harsh punishment to us is actually for our good and for our sanctification, just like David pointed out. And in Amos, God was about to punish Israel by having them overthrown by and exiled to Assyria for their sin of continued idolatry, something they had been warned about over and over again, but they didn't listen. So God was about to put them in physical chains to teach them an object lesson. Sin, idolatry, any disobedience of God always ends up enslaving us in our flesh. It enslaves us to the world and it enslaves us to Satan. So God's intentionally setting his eyes on his people for evil and not for good. But Chris, that's actually merciful. Yeah. Mercy is not getting what you deserved. They deserve to go to hell for eternity for what they had done. But instead, God makes them pay a price on earth to draw them back to him and save those that actually belong to him for eternity. He was punishing them in the temporal so that they wouldn't face punishment in the eternal. And that's what he does for us. People always want to say, if there's a God, why do bad things happen? And we can't always understand specifically what God is doing when he sets his eyes intentionally on his people for evil. But since every word of the Bible is true, the Bible clearly says God works for the good and protects his people spiritually. We have to not lean on our own understanding and we have to trust God with all of our heart. And you know, Rose, this discussion leads me to remember some people that you and I both know that they practically believe a dualism type of concept where God does all the good, good earthly stuff and anything bad that happens is all Satan. Yeah. I mean, we looked at God intentionally sending evil spirits to Saul and to David, but here God is setting his eye on evil for the people. So yeah, no dualism here. Nope. And Chris, it can be hard to live out you know, not leaning on our own understanding and completely trusting God. That can be really hard because all we know is our own experience. And especially that's true when things are just collapsing around us or when we've just been through something catastrophic or devastating. And I think we need to point out that not everything bad that happens is because God has intentionally set his eyes on you for evil. That no. might not be the case at all. He might just be allowing things to happen or allowing someone else's sin to affect you 
or allowing you to face the consequences of your own sin. We don't know. We don't know which it is and we can't know. That's all part of God's decretive will. And regardless of why things are happening to us, we have to trust him. Yep. And we need to heed these words in Amos. God can get angry enough to set his eyes on us for evil. We talked about what fearing God really meant a few weeks ago in the episode Wise Up. Well, fearing God is understanding that he doesn't wink at our sin. He doesn't smile and say, oh, those naughty little kids of mine. He can't because he's perfectly holy and he's also perfectly just. Sin, any sin, even sins we think are no big deal are a big deal to God. Yeah, they certainly are. And if you need proof of that, just look what, what it cost him to redeem us from our sin. It took pouring out his wrath, the wrath that we incurred onto his perfect beloved son. God the Father watched as Jesus set his glory aside, walked on this earth for 33 years, imprisoned in a human body. He was hungry. He was tired. He was mocked. He was betrayed. He was tortured. And ultimately, he was killed in the most horrific way possible. And Isaiah 53, 10 tells us what he did. And Isaiah is talking about Jesus here. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It was the Lord's will to crush him. God set his eyes on Jesus to crush him for our good. Amen. And that's a good place to end for this morning. Have a blessed morning, everyone.